welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, here with our second part of the review of the new release by Bangalore Choir. This CD set is called Center Mass. Yesterday we covered the studio new songs. Today we're covering the second CD, which is eight live tracks, all captured live in Hamburg, Germany. I do not know if these were all on one night or if they had, you know, a couple of nights where they were set up and they recorded both shows and they mixed and matched. That's not uncommon at all. Um, surprisingly, it's not uncommon for bands to do overdubs on live albums, which I find so disappointing. Um, I have no idea if they did them uh, on this one or not, but uh, it, it kind of bums me out because the idea of capturing a band live is this is what they were in that moment, right? So if you saw the show and let's say the guitar player broke a string halfway through a song, um, they might overdub that track on the release. But you're like, wait a minute, they broke a string that shouldn't even be playing there. And, you know, it kind of ruins the experience for the people that were there. Um, Plus, I mean, to me, it's like things happen live, you know, that's what live music is or like a live play or anything else like things happen and you have to stop and deal with them or find a way to continue through the song and deal with them until you can get away. Um, and, And I feel like everything, just this whole society of let's clean up everything and make it perfect is, is really just so over the top. We're missing out on the great moments. You know, that's what I think. Um, but I have no preconceived notion of what we're about to get into with this live album. Uh, none of these songs are songs that were on the uh, first CD. So these are all going to be first time uh, learn, uh, hearing experiences for me. And also, um, I've never heard the band live. So Uh, yesterday's episode, I was pretty harsh on their production. Um, I really didn't like the overall sound of the CD. Um, that did not help with my experience. And we also discovered that it's the band's sound is just a little bit beyond what I like to listen to. I would say like Manowar is probably about the heaviest and, and it's not about their speed, um, it's just about the the one album that I, I know by them, Fighting the World, I absolutely love. Um, that's probably about as heavy. I mean, older Metallica. Um, I never I never really got into like King Diamond or, or bands like that. I mean, I know some of their stuff. My brother was really into them, but I, I never really got too deep into that stuff. That's beyond what I like to listen to, uh, especially these days. I would say current Uriah Heep even might be uh might be as heavy as as I go. Now Mick's not a flashy guitar player. Um so his solos kind of fit more within the song realm for me. But uh their sound is like huge and heavy on their last couple of albums, uh Chaos and Color that came out this January and their previous album, Live in the Dream. So heavy heaviness, I would say that's about as heavy as I go. Um speed, it really just kind of depends on the song. Like there's some some faster songs on that Man of War CD, like uh, Black Wind, Fire and Steel is pretty fast, but it's just such a cool song. Um, so this band anyway, kind of falls a little bit beyond the parameter of what I normally listen to. So as you're listening to what I think of these songs, as I said uh, yesterday, once I found out what the band uh, sounded like, because I, I had not listened to anything before I started recording. You guys know I love to do that. Um, just keep in mind that this is a little outside of my wheelhouse. So take uh, my thoughts and feedback with a grain of salt. You're going to hear some sound clips, though, and you can decide for yourself whether this is a band that you want to check out, and they probably are. So let's get into our first live song, again, recorded live in Hamburg, Germany. This one's called Just One Night. 
this is pretty good. Um, I like the song. Um, interestingly, a lot of the things that I felt like we were missing on the album yesterday, I got, you know, some little fill-ins, a solo that wasn't too crazy, more dynamics and emotion from the vocals. Um, we still have that same issue, though, with the way that they're mixing the drums, um, that the kick drums, they're very punchy, and I like that, but they're a little bit louder than the snare. The snare doesn't have quite that same whacking sound or snap that, that uh, you would associate with punchy kicks like that. Um, so that's pretty much the same as the album. The backing singers, too, um, I like what they're doing, but why do they sound like they're, you know, 30 feet behind the singer? Um, I think that balance could be a little bit better. But I will say the sound is really clean. Um, they got really good tones from all the instruments. And um, it sounds like they, they recorded from the board. Um, what we're not getting also, you could, you could hear a little bit at the beginning. And I thought, okay, well, maybe this is like a pre-taped opening or something. And I still don't know whether it was or not. Um, but at the, as the song ends, you hear the uh, crowd volume. And it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of people there. I kind of like that they didn't fill it in and make it sound like it was, you know, Joe Lewis Arena with 30,000 people there just screaming their lungs out. Um, I like that they were a lot more honest about it. So it sounds like it was a, probably a smaller venue, maybe earlier in the night. Um, I don't know. But um, overall, yeah, that song was pretty cool. I, I dug that one. Um, let's move into our second song. This is called Loaded Gun. This is something called Loaded Gun. That's what I'm talking about. This is a little more my speed. This is some good old fashioned rock and roll. Um, got a good heavy sound to it. I really like the guitar playing on this. Um, get some good emotion from the vocalist as well. Um, I don't know how big the uh, auditorium was or what their stage layout was, but it does sound like the backing singers have moved up a little bit closer to the lead singer. So that sounds getting a little better there too. Um, yeah, cool song. I, I dig it. We're moving on to track three. This one's called Slippin' Away. This is something called Slippin' Away. See, I know what happens. If I were to stop saying the song title, assuming that he's going to keep saying the song title, then he'll stop because it's something that I thought of. And I always seem to do that. And then you'll not know what the song is you're listening to. You'll go through the rest of your life wondering what the hell was the name of that song. And there's literally no way to find out. So I'm just going to keep saying it.
Okay, the truth of the matter is you absolutely can look up the song order and everything else at the Cherry Red Records website. Uh, I've got the links in the show notes where you can purchase the album. And there you go. Uh, Yeah, this is another good song. It sounds like this was captured at a festival uh, in Hamburg, according to what he says at the end of the song. Um, Don't know which one, but uh, it it sounds uh, definitely like an outdoor venue. I was thinking it was an outdoor venue for some reason. Um, That's just what I was picturing. And if it's a festival, there's a good chance it it was. Uh, Still doesn't seem to be a huge crowd, um, but, you know, they could be the first band on um, or earlier in the day. Who knows? But either way, they're playing great. Uh, I really like their sound. Uh, this is another really good, straight, more straightforward rock and roll. Little bit of progressive stuff uh, in the song so far, but not a whole lot. Not like what we heard in the album yesterday. So obviously, you know, this is uh, something that was taped before they recorded the new album, or at least they didn't include songs from the new album. So they might uh, have just gone more progressive on this album than their older stuff. Because what I'm hearing is quite different music. It's still heavy, um, still uh, hard rock. I, I would say probably even even heavy metal, but it doesn't have that um, more technical progressive side to it. It's a little bit more straightforward. Um, nice backing vocals that we're hearing live. I really like that. Um, I don't think there was really a lot of other people singing. I think the, the lead singer might have been doing his own backups. I don't remember now. Um, that was a whole day ago. Even in my time, I recorded that my in my yesterday, uh, and in the uh, you know display of these podcasts, that would also be yesterday. So uh, anyway, I'm too old to remember that stuff. Our next song uh, is song four. It is called "Victim of the Night." Back to what I was saying earlier. Go ahead and fire away, Mister Melo. Go ahead, give us some noise. Back in the day when I left Accept, I went on a journey to Los Angeles. And I met Kurt Mitchell and John Kirk. And they had a band called Razor Maid. And we used to play this song many nights when we were fishing for a record deal in Hollywood. It's something that's on the new Beyond Target, the double CD disc that I dug out of the demos. It's something called Victim of the Night. So from what he was saying at the beginning of the song, it looks like this was a show promoting their double CD that was about to come out in 2022 named uh, Beyond Target. 
And this one was uh, on Global Rock Records was the label. This is an interesting uh, thing that they did because this double CD, much like this when you've got an album and then you've got uh, a bonus album, basically, uh, it's kind of the same thing. There's 12 songs on the album and then the second disc was all demos but not all demos of songs that were on the album. There's 12 demos. Some of them are demos of songs on the album. Some of them are not. Um, but this is where we get the song, uh, If the Good Die Young, which we had part two of on uh, yesterday's show um, that I was like, I don't know where part one is. Well, it came out the previous year. Um, so uh, very interesting, though. So this song, uh, Victim of the Night, was a song that there is a demo for, but they did not do on the actual uh, album. So uh, they liked it enough to do it live, though, which is good, because uh, it's a pretty cool song. Um, you know, uh, we're back to the uh, fast tapping guitar solo again, and I kind of realized something. I was listening to, I don't even remember what I had on today while I was cleaning the kitchen. Um, I listen to podcasts and interviews and different kind of stuff when I do that, um, because I... I I just find I can concentrate uh, a little bit better than if I listen to music, I'll just stop working and try and break it down in my brain or whatever. Um, but podcasts, interviews, stuff like that I can listen to. So um, I was listening to something they were talking about guitar players that understand the importance of space between notes, not between every note, but just that they they need to let the song breathe a little bit. And even in their solos, they just have to have a little bit more air and feeling. And then there's the guitar players that, um, just try and shove in as many notes as they can. You know, what can I play that's going to wow people? And maybe it's just their natural way of playing, which is very possible. I don't know how guys like Ingve think. So if I think about Ingve Malmsteen and some of his solos, does he just naturally feel music that way? Or does he say, okay, how can I play something in this song that is just going to knock everybody on their butt? I really don't know which way. Maybe it's his natural way. Maybe it's this guitar player's natural way. But there's an awful lot of tapping in their music. Um, and that does get a bit stale. That's kind of like something that you pull out for a song or two here and there. Um, I have heard a lot of it. And I'm, you know, I like tapping, but I just heard way too much of it. Uh, so the solo starts out with a lot of tapping. Then it kind of starts to get more into that. Okay, let me have a little space between notes. Let me draw out a note uh, here and there too, and, and add a little bit more uh, life to it instead of just playing as fast as I can. The song ends with this really cool um, double bass part. I love the way the bass drums sound on this, but this kind of further proves uh, that I dislike the snare sound because the snare um, is really just too light sounding um, with those kind of pounding kick drums. It's not beefy enough. They needed to add some low end EQ to it to really uh, push the, the body of the snare. I feel like I'm getting all drumhead, you know, just that attack, that snap with a little bit of buzz from the snares at the bottom, but I'm not getting the body of the snare. And that's what you really need with heavy music. You need a thick, beefy sounding snare. Um, apart from that, it was really good. Um, I really like the vocals on this one. Um, again, the song is, is fairly straightforward, uh, a little more my speed. So I'm really liking this. I'm going to have to check out this uh, this previous album, I think, uh, Beyond Target, because if the stuff that I'm hearing today is the uh, th the representation of what that album is, where they were at that time, then I might like it a little bit more than I do this one. But either way, I mean, they're a pretty good band. They're solid. Um, they're really playing well together. They, uh, they seem very tight, um, very comfortable with their music. 
So um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty pleased with this performance so far. Um, our next song up is uh, If the Good Die Young, which uh, if you guys remember, we had our second part to that yesterday. It was song number 11 out of song 12, If the Good Die Young, part 2.14.1. I, I still don't understand that. Um, that's just weird. Maybe that was the day. I don't know. I have no idea. But in any case, this one is just called If the Good Die Young. It's called If the Good Die Young Will Live Forever. Clearly nothing like yesterday's song at all, which was a uh, very fast-paced song. Um, this is very nice, a, a really nice ballad. Um, I, I dig it. You could hear, though, at the beginning, and they kind of give it away by by leaving these in, um, how small the crowd was, because uh, it, it just it, it gives me the impression that this was like an open field festival. I, I don't know why I'm just getting that impression. But anyway, uh, the song is really cool. Um, I get a lot of feeling out of it. And um, boy, I really like the band at this point. I, I'm seriously going to have to check out that previous album. Um, I'll be curious to be uh, see what that demo version of um, Victim of the Night sounds like, too, because uh, I really like that song. But these guys are on fire. They're putting on a great show. Um, I, I'm hoping that there's maybe just a, a tired crowd and they're not making a lot of noise because these guys are giving it their all. And this is, uh, you know, I'm not normally a fan of live music being recorded and uh, I don't normally review it, but uh, this is some good stuff. I got to say, good stuff. So our next song is called Freight Train Rollin'. Where's my fucking cowbell, Ricardo? Well, I need my toys. I need some toys. You want some toys to make a little cowbell noise? We need more cowbell, right? <laughs> yeah! Oh, here it is, my favorite little toy. Let's see what that sounds like. You like that? Are you gonna make some noise now, everybody? Come alive, get some beers in your belly. This is something from on target. It's called Freight Train Rollin'.
another great, great heavy, heavy metal song, hard rock song, whatever you want to call it. A really good performance from everybody. Very solid. The drummer, I thought, uh, was really outstanding on this song. Really knows how to lay back when he needs to, but is just absolutely solid. Um, He's been great this whole show. Uh, I was kind of worried that, you know, with the title Freight Train Rolling, I thought maybe this is going to be more of a a speed metal song or or something with a really fast tempo that um, might just be a little too much for these folks at the festival. But no, not at all. A very, very solid rock and roll tune. Uh, really dig this one. The backups are, are blending in with the vocals by now. It's like maybe they weren't dialed in on the first couple of songs. And, and by now, it seems like they've got a pretty good sound going um, a few songs in. But if this is a board recording, um, I guess it all depends on how they did it. Because a board recording doesn't necessarily mean it's multi-tracked and can be remixed later. A board recording might be just direct uh, left and right stereo off of the board and can't be mixed again later. Um, but the sound is so good. Um, it, it seems like it must have been, but that wouldn't necessarily explain why the first couple of songs sounded a, a lot more rough than what I'm hearing now. Um, but anyway, it sounds really good right now. So our seventh song out of the eight that we're presented with on this CD is called Angel in Black. I'm wondering if it's about my ex. You want some more? Are you ready for some more? You want some more Bangalore choir? Yeah! This is something called Angel in Black. really like that double guitar part at the beginning. That was really nice. Um, kind of reminded me of the Scorpions, uh, thinking of a song like uh, No One Like You. And in fact, it kind of made me realize that that's really what they sound like on this album. The differences being they sound much heavier um, and they also aren't singing every song about love uh, like the Scorpions pretty much do, uh, at least from the albums that I know most of the songs are are love-based. Uh, every once in a while, you'll get a gem, you know, like 20th Century Man. Um, but most of their songs revolve around love or sex. And these guys are are really focusing on that. So those are the main differences. But they're doing more straightforward rock. Um, they're doing uh, that, like that really nice guitar harmony at the beginning of this song. Really cool stuff. What's interesting is at the end of the song, he says, thank you. Good night. We know there's one more song on the CD uh, still listed as live in Hamburg. Um, so I'm guessing they came back for an encore. Um, crowd does sound a little bit bigger, but the band, man, they're really playing well. Um, I'm glad they did this show. I'm glad they taped it because I think it's a great representation of uh, them really giving a fantastic performance. Um, I don't know if this is a normal day or night for them. Um, I can, This is the first time I've heard them live. But what I can say is 
Um, I really like what I'm hearing. I like the song structure. I like the way they're playing together. I like how comfortable they are with each other. Um, this is a, a great show to have captured. Or uh, and, and I really think it is one show. Um, I don't think it was spread over multiple days. It's very possible it could have been, but um, I get the gist that this is all like a one-shot thing. So let's check out our last track. Um, it's called All or Nothing. Probably not a cover of the White Snake song, but you know what? At this point, you never know. Here it is. And what better way to say goodnight than we say we give it all, all, nothing! Great energy to end their set on, I have to say. Um, I really dig this song. Uh, probably my favorite on the CD, I would say. Uh, lots of energy. The bass is really dialed in on this one, too. Like, it really, like, this is the best sounding song, I think, on the whole thing. Um, everything, everybody just absolutely on fire. Um, yeah, it must have been an encore because they they were pretty much saying goodnight at the last song. And then they came back for this one. They said, let's, you know, let, let's end it on a good note kind of vibe. Uh, and they absolutely did. Uh, absolutely fantastic. It ends on a really heavy double bass part, similar to uh, one of the earlier songs when they ended with that. Um, but it, it was a great ending to the show. Um, these guys were on fire all night, I got to say. Um, the mix got better as they went along. The crowd got bigger as they went along. So they might have been one of the earlier bands on at the festival um, but either way, yeah, great stuff. I'm really glad that they decided to release this, uh, along with their new album. I think it's good too, because it shows the diversity of the band and it shows the progression, right? Cause their, their new album is a little bit more technical, a little bit, um, uh, more progressive and this is not. So it shows like, okay, here's where we were a year ago and here's where we are now. And you're getting it all wrapped into one, uh, and not just in the studio, but live at that. So it's almost like, here's what we did on the last tour and taking all of that in, everything we've learned, how we've grown. Here's the album we decided to make following this tour. So, uh, yeah, this is a, a great release. And like I said, the link is in the show notes. It comes out today on Cherry Red Records. Grab it while you can. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to for a while, but grab it because you definitely want to get in on it early. Uh, the sooner you order it, the faster you'll have it, right? So there you go, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this two-day review of the uh, the new album by Bangalore Choir. And it is called Center Mass. Once again, uh, I will be back the next two days doing two more podcasts covering the celebration of the life of John Lawton. Um, man, this is going to be interesting. I haven't recorded it yet. I uh, haven't even listened to it yet, so I'm uh, really looking forward to getting into that one. I'll be back tomorrow. Grab the link for this one in the show notes, guys. See you tomorrow. Cheers. Cheers.